They were the creator of the silicone wedding ring industry. Um, I was responsible for building out that influencer program from the ground up. We worked with top athletes, seeded a ton of product, worked with LeBron James and Mike Trout and um, Jason Aldean, a bunch of different stars. And then um, launched my own agency called Kinship, um, which I'm currently managing today with a business partner. And we're based in Orange County. Two Orange Counties in the world. Yeah. OC. OC, baby. Cool. Yeah, my name is uh, is Alex. I work in Mute6. I'm the director of paid social there. So I basically help all my brands, uh, you know, scale their their businesses through Facebook and Instagram ads. And uh, I really specialize on creative and, and, and building videos that convert on, on the platform. Cool. Nice. Moody. Moody, Moody Nashvati. I uh, help run Six. Can you hear me? What's up, Nick? There you go. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, sweet. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a partner. You know, recently we were acquired by a big firm called uh, iProspect, who, who it rolls under Dentsu. Um, you know, I helped scale the company. I was number nine and uh, built a lot of the teams there. My background has been paid social for the most part, been running Facebook ads before there were newsfeed ads, just like campaigns. It's been a long time. It's been a long road. I've uh, had a lot of fun. Um, we run somewhere around 500 million in ad spend uh, a year on Facebook, and uh, that continues to grow. So, all DR, all all mostly e-commerce, and uh, and yeah, happy to happy to be on the chat today. It's gonna be a fun time. Colin, if your internet's working. Yeah, I'm here. Um, my name is Colin. I am uh, working on the Mute Six Side team uh, with Alex and Moody. So um, I've been doing Facebook for uh, about six, seven years now. Um, managed uh, multi-million spend throughout um, past two years alone. So uh, you know, specialize in direct to consumer lead generation um, and creative as well. Cool. All right. So I, obviously, we all have different backgrounds. I don't, I don't know everybody's. Um, platform backgrounds. I, I do a lot of Google, Facebook. Um, does anybody here do native at all? Nope. Primarily Facebook for everyone. Correct. Okay. So I guess kind of just talk a little bit about state of economy. Obviously we know, um, obviously if you, I mean, if you haven't heard of what's going on, you're under a shell. So um, how has everybody's brands been doing? How has ad spend we know CPMs are down. We've heard it before. Um, how's buyer's intent? Kind of how, how is everybody looking? How is everything looking for everyone? Yeah. It's, I mean, hit it, Nick. I was going to pull it up earlier, but so I'm looking currently at our dashboard and I'll share screen real quick. You know you're going to get questions on your dashboard. <laughs> they, don't know what I'm, they don't even know what I'm looking at right here. Um, this is this was last month, just from March one to thirty first. There's total spend about two point seven. The things that I'm looking at right now is where this AOV is going, and I'll, I know it's only comping. It's thirty one days to the amount of days we were running today. Sure. But this is probably the biggest change for me. Is although ROAS is peaking a little bit, I don't say it's significant. Like across the board, AOVs are dropping, uh, and, the, and the, we're not doing any input. We're straight ecom. Um, and the only metrics that I'm trying to steer my brands towards is the add a cart to purchase ratio and like landing page to add a cart. Like these are the two metrics we're trying to fuck with the most. Mm -hmm. um, 
cost per purchase hasn't changed too, too much. And I know we're, we're generalizing across most of these brands, but still um, seeing an increase in purchases, still seeing an increase in, in overall ROAS, but I would believe that our volume for specific are down if I were to do any generalization. And I don't, and I know we're a small subset of brands, but I know even when, when Moody was telling me like yesterday, the, the dude sent me a screenshot of like a hundred thousand spent in, and it was like 12 hours into the day. And I was like, shit, we have some winners, but we're definitely not pushing numbers at that scale. So um, I, I do believe everyone's saying the same exact things of message the moment, working from home. Obviously we're not pushing any luggage brands at the time. Uh, and, and I know Moody can probably go a little more deep because you, you have a, like you said, that, that spending that. It's pretty good all day. Like it, I'm definitely not making any long-term plays. Um, I don't think we're losing, but I just don't know what direction it's going to go and, or, or how long. Sure. Have you guys had a, have you guys changed? Also, if you guys have any questions about anything, media buying or whatever, drop them down in the comments and we'll get to those at the end. Have you guys made any changes in terms of um, extreme shifts in your creatives that you think have helped carry? Yeah, a lot of changes. Uh, COVID-19 uh, just creates a bunch of new consumer needs, right? Like I'm sitting at home, I'm partially losing my mind. I've shaved my head at this point, you know? Uh, I need things to do. I need a better diet. I need uh, better, better pants, better pants to lounge in, you know, so I have all these new needs that in, in every consumer has all these new needs. And I think if you shift your creative and your messaging to those needs, um, you'll find a lot more success. Uh, and, and so that could be, you know, getting sorting into content of people at home using products uh, talking about how they're, it's helping them in this current situation. Um, and, and, and so there's a lot to explore and unpack when it comes to figuring out new ways to, you know, drum, drum up angles and, um, you know, creative um, sort of ad copy uh, to drive response. Uh, and it works, uh, you know, and, and, you know, across our whole platform of clients, uh, we pivoted and now we're seeing this upswing and our, our spend is back. Uh, to what it was before, you know, the crisis happened across most of the verticals. Fashion apparel is really tough uh, mm -hmm. unless people had SKUs that were, you know, for this current lifestyle. Um, but it's been really tough on the fashion apparel um, uh, verticals. But every all the other verticals are faring out uh, and some of them are thriving because, um, you know, the it, like home gyms are just going bonkers. Yeah, because everyone wants to work out still. So, right. what about you, Nick? Very human, very very human. So, no Cody can speak to us. I've been really close contact with him. As we're like yearning for human contact, we want to see more people on the feed. So we're doing a lot of like self shot stuff. You told every client, you know, we're not going to get you any new content coming up, but we're going to repurpose and try to incorporate as many whether it's or just uh, everyday people. There's a great app that we. Uh, we were using on it. They haven't really fully rolled out, but get Caro, get Caro does some good stuff in terms of already giving product to an influencer and then being able to shoot it. We're, we're trying not to incorporate a lot of like specific conversation along what's happening. We're really just trying to continue on as, as normal, but we are, we're definitely feeling the burn on a couple of our accounts for sure. Uh, Moody, I know you touched on creative. Do you want to touch on just state? 
Yeah. So, uh, j- just like the state of state of uh, e-commerce. Yep. Just like how your clients are faring, kind of what you guys are seeing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it's it's there's definitely verticals that are up. You know, I, I mentioned home gyms, food and beverage. You know, alcohol consumption's way up. Uh, you know, it's it's really interesting. You know, gaming. Any like gaming clients. In app clients, I mean, they've got zero inventory and 50% off uh, CPMs and twice as many people are interested in uh, or on the platform. So it's like, you know, I think that in, P- in gaming's way up across the board, not just for e-commerce, but, you know, the reports that are coming out is uh, just the amount of engagement and, you know, people needing something to do. So, yeah. um, you know, my sister, trying, my sister was trying to find a Nintendo uh, Switch and they're like, 700 but they, they're up two and a half you know times the price you can't even find them it's just crazy. It's, it's just insane it's insane it i was trying to find one of those pull-up bars that you can put in your doorway those things don't exist on the internet anymore i'm like doing back deals and strange alleys and on craigslist and stuff um but you know in, in there, with the good there's also a lot of things that are doing bad again like i said fashion apparel I, it, we won't really know the full state of of how this like we understand now, like what today looks like in a lot of these industries, you know, uh, health and wellness, food essentials. I mean, they took a big blip in the beginning, but now they're like, you know, calming down a bit, um, you know, as people are stocked up and can understand, like are starting to understand like what this lifestyle is like. Yep. Um, and then the other part is we don't know what the economic a- a- impact is going to be. We don't know if people are, you know, 16 million people lost their jobs uh, on in the last three weeks. Right. So like, and we expect that number to continue to to continue to climb. So, like, is it if we're going to have a recession? What's that look like for all of us? You know, and and I think there's some cool stats about what happened in 2008-2009 crisis, um, where e-commerce only took like a 10% hit before it climbed back up again. Um, so, I think we'll know the bigger impact in the next few months um, as people get tighter on their budgets potentially. Uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm talking about consumers specifically about how they're spending. Um, but even then I'm still pretty bullish because I think that the market will just correct, uh, on the budget side. So I think there'll be a lot less consumers or sorry, a lot less brands actually putting down the big budgets, uh, to spend. And I think CPMs will actually stay a little bit lower. Um, and then, you know, so that's kind of, that's how we're thinking about it and, and, kind of uh, how we're communicating to uh, our clients and the rest of the team about how to, you know, keep, keep going. But it's, you know, it's, it's a battle every day. I think you have to hard to keep it. Uh, I think the interesting thing is that people are still like, we're still finding success. So um, it's not complete doom and gloom. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Cody, what about, um, I don't know if you want to touch econ, if you want to touch econ or you want to touch influence or a, a combination of both, but no. uh, be interesting to hear uh, your influencer i mean i i don't think there's a even a better time for influencer than than now just because the work from home not only are these people working from home but they're professionals at working from home <laughs> majority of them um you know i i don't mean like the celebrity talent that lives this you know luxurious lifestyle i think you know those mommy bloggers those people that are have fifty thousand followers on the more micro level um, I think is is the the play there. Um, 
you know, you're seeing Instagram live up 70%, Facebook released that. We're seeing engagement across the board, 20 to 50% um, organically up. Um, influencers are posting to their audiences and they're asking, do you still want to see sponsored posts? Overwhelmingly, influencers are seeing great feedback because I think uh, it was an interesting interview back in the day when, um, or probably six months ago when Adam Osiris first announced that they were going to begin testing hiding likes in the U.S. And over the course of that interview, he talked about how Instagram, specifically the heart of it is expression, how people come to the platform to connect with their friends, but they stay to be inspired. Um, and I think now more than ever, people, the everyday people like us are looking to the influencers that we follow and viewing them as a sense of escapism. Mm -hmm. um, but not only that, because I think a lot of the perception, these influencers live these fake lives, but they're actually like pro real, like they're professional people at living real lives, just like us. Um, like that's why YouTube bloggers are a thing. So it, the, and especially as brands cut people, unfortunately, the, the workloads up um, and that's where production costs, you know, get eliminated, but that's where influencers come in because these production shoots can't happen anymore. And the way that we think about influencers is that they're professional content creators, they're creators of content. And so you guys, the, the, the ad buyers that are experts at putting this content and having a diversified amount of content, mm -hmm. uh, these people are just consistent content creators that can get you creative quickly. Like Nick was mentioning earlier is it now more than ever is unboxing reviews are the most fire play that you can have um, just because these influencers are sitting at home um, and are wanting to get free product. If you're not, if a brand is not doing seating, they need to be doing seating now um, because everyone's at home at their address. They're not traveling and they're not going anywhere. So said a lot there, but um, that's kind of the state. I, I believe now more than ever is the time to pull on the, the lever of influencer. The one thing I've always had issues with influencer and I'm nowhere near an expert in influencer is how you, you know, it's really, really easy when you're investing in Facebook and you're doing Google, you know, you have pixels and you have tracking other than like coupon codes per influencer. If you have a brand that really wants to go really, really hard uh, at influencer, but is really, really mindful of um, spending because they want a direct ROI correlation. Yeah. What, what in your experience is the best way to do that and to be able to track that organically? Yeah. Or like, you know, if you're doing Instagram, you know, you have getting 10, 20, 30 Instagram influencers a month. Um, how can you correlate to specific influencers or like, do you have a, a really good tracking system that you guys have that basically allows you to go to a brand and say, look, we did 30 influencers this month. You know, these 10 were garbage. These 10 were good. These 10 yeah. were mediocre. We need to push harder with these macro influencers and give yeah. you know, more budget. Like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you, how do you tie direct ROI correlation? Yeah, that's a great question. Organically, what a lot of time that we're doing is we're using Instagram story and using the swipe up analytics um, on Google to start seeing purchases, audience engagement, stuff like that. Um, we're really creating video content majority of the time be because we want to give you guys as much variety and quality as possible to play with within ad account. And that's what we're doing for our clients. All of our stuff is direct ROI. We want to get them off the, 
the, you know, temptation to just live organically, you know, is there the organic conversation is important, of course, um, you know, the boost of follower count that can, you know, be helpful. Um, but to answer your question specifically, that's how we're tracking it organically. That's how a lot of times that we're doing it. But again, going back to the main point is viewing them as content creators first, um, giving the brand as much uh, power and control over the return as much as possible. And that means giving them the content to own and use in a variety of different places outside of just the influencer. Um, does, does the swipe up analytics show it tracks purchases? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know much about it. So I just get asked questions about it all the time. But yeah. cool. Thanks. Question though. Yeah. And I think to, um, to add to what everyone said and, and to kind of touch on top of what Moody um, put out there, you know, some of our best performing creative right now is from brands who have UGC um, montage together, um, performing very well at top of funnel for a few of the brands that we have. Um, you know, just falling back into escaping reality of what people want to see on platform right now, if they, if they can find any escape and, you know, view through a different lens of their own, um, it's gonna get the highest, you know, video engagement and click through rates right now. Agreed. Um, Alexander, do you have any input? Mute. Alex, you're on mute. Yeah. There he is. No, I mean, I, I think you guys said it all. I mean, the, uh, you know, Cody was talking about unboxing. Uh, that's been working really well for us even before this whole thing happened, but I want to say even better now. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think unboxing is the name of the game, UGC right now. I mean, there's a lot of like content we can't really shoot because obviously, you know, the couple of shoots we, we had, you know, planned out as far as creative goes are obviously canceled. So we're trying to spin off and figure out, you know, how do we keep, you know, fresh content rolling uh, from home? So I think it's all like leveraging influencers, UGC. Uh, we'll even do the content ourselves. I'll have the client send us, you know, stuff. Colin Moody and I will be doing UGC bring our, our skin in the game. So I, I think there's no excuse not to like produce more content right now. I think there's a way and, and, and content is, is king right now. So <clears throat> whatever you need to do to keep your, your creative fresh, I think brands should, should do it. What, um, so are you guys running the, basically the unboxing all at the stage of like middle funnel engagers or yeah. like only middle of funnel? Or are you guys running that on uh, TOF and BOF? It's definitely more challenging to run that at top of funnel. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you want to educate people about your brand beforehand, but we, we find it really successful lower in the funnel just because at this point you already warmed up and you, you've considered buying whatever product. Now I'm showing you an unboxing. So you're kind of like picturing yourself opening your door and, and getting it yourself. It's definitely stronger for, for bottom of the funnel. Right. And I think for brands that don't or can't shoot that content, video blocks like video blocks has so many deliverable like small snippets that you can steal and put it in the back of all your your existing content uh we've yep. had a couple brands just try to do that re recreate it that obviously they can't shoot it themselves right yeah you've got that and then you've got you've got your phone i mean I, i'm finding sometimes with clients who who come from you know like tv backgrounds and they want to make everything look super pretty and and they're like really anal about, you know, color correction and things like that. And I like to remind them, people are going to be watching on a tiny little screen. Like this is not TV. I mean, realistically, like people are going to spend a couple of seconds watching your video. And if it's relevant enough, they'll click on it 
and they'll get what they want from your landing page. So I, I think the more like raw UGC, the raw footage type of stuff shot on iPhone is just as good as anything else in my opinion. And then that's controversial when you come from, you know, old school creative, but that's just the reality of things. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's better. We've seen some of our top videos for even our biggest brands come, you know, sometimes UGC stuff, um, which is pretty rad. Yeah. A lot cheaper too. For sure. yeah. A lot cheaper. It's, it's how everyone should get started. If you can't make UGC work, you know, why would you put money on something bigger than that? Absolutely. A lot of the times, I mean, people don't really realize this, but a lot of times the shittier the creative, the shittier the landing page, the better the conversion rate. Um, I know like I was just looking at some accounts with, with a big native media buyer in the group, um, huge in the space and helping them out on some Google stuff and the landing page. I mean, like goes against complete best practices for everything. Like you can't even get to the cart page until you watch like an hour long video. <laughs> but I spent like a hundred K a day, you know, which is just crazy that people would just watch an hour long video before they, I mean, it would just go against everything that we would stand for, but it just, it, it crushes it, you know? <laughs> so. What we're trying to play around with on, at least on the e-com side, because that's obviously what we do, is how cheap it is to, we're all going to agree, CPMs are down, but we're trying to build better email flows and just go straight lead gen into an e-com funnel and hoping that these numbers are going to back out. Yep. Still very early on this test, so if anybody else in the group is running a flow like this, John Coyle has told me about this, David Herman is running this pretty aggressively, that if you don't have... Uh, some sort of digital product or some sort of like info on your product or best practices, or maybe even like a digital book. Like that is a play to go right now because we will get through this time. And after we're through it, like these people still are going to want to buy. So I know, I know at least some of our brands are finding success right now. This cohort of of consumers are going to be extremely valuable. This is pretty much a time where everyone's going, fuck, I don't know what's going to happen. I have a little bit of panic and we're still spending on your product and your brand. That's got to be unique, especially coming to Q4, especially building up those audiences. So I definitely don't think it's a time for anybody that tells me I don't want to run or pay or put any money into paid media. I really do have to convince them that like that's a that's a poor decision, especially now. We haven't seen yeah. low since 2015. Yeah. Is anyone yeah. having any issues with like? Um, and I only asked because I had to send a buddy who's in New York um, box of soap, like just. 20 pounds of soap because they can't get soap. Sent it like three weeks ago and still hasn't even arrived yet. Probably got stolen in the mail. But has anyone has anyone been having issues with customers not getting packages due to like mail slowdowns or anything like that? Like I know in New York it's extremely bad. Hmm. Has it, have you had any issues with any customers like that? Or I don't think we've heard anything I bad actually. It. I yeah. haven't seen it yet, you know? uh maybe new york is bad i mean there's i mean new york is new york right now and i think that's its own thing but uh i haven't seen it it locally in la um i haven't heard of anyone not getting packages in terms of like clients or having fulfillment issues there's definitely uh clients who are having 3pl issues and if you you know there's a few 3pls out there that are you know thriving and all this and doing you know are, are are figuring out ways to make it all work. Um, ShipBob, ShipMonk, uh, those are a few. Uh, but but for the most part, in terms of um, you know uh, things just not getting delivered uh, on on that end, I'm, I haven't seen it. What what specific issues are the three PLs having? 
Well, so a lot of the 3PLs, some of the 3PLs are closing down. I mean, they have like workers that just don't want to work or, um, you know, they're just taking safety precautions and, and, you know, just basically saying, look, we're not doing it. But um, that's, that's kind of what we've seen. I mean, even Amazon's having tons of issues with like, you know, a lot of their, a lot of their different teams are, you know, threatening to go on strike, that kind of thing. So um, there's a 3PL on the back of a building that has to cut all their workers basically they only ha went to essential staff can't hear you nick can't hear you for some reason i don't know why because you're not on mute can you hear me i can hear you i just couldn't hear him for some reason no, no. he's probably he gonna bounce no. back in hmm yeah, I guess it doesn't make sense. I, mean, I didn't really think about that. I mean, I I haven't been out of my house in a month, so I can't imagine, you know, the businesses that do have staff, I guess. So I really don't think about those things. Yeah, uh, the, only thing we're, the only thing we're seeing in, in some brands is inventory issues, like production issues more than more than shipping. Really, I haven't seen a big, uh, a big drop in, in lost packages or anything. At least not that I've heard of. Right. I am seeing a bit of an increase on some brands in uh, return rates. Um, but aside from that, I'm not really seeing much uh, complaints about products not being delivered. Cool. Can we hear you now, Nick? Try that. Try again? You guys got yeah, me? There you go. There you go. I, had a, I had a couple of questions I was going to propose to the rest of the group is, how are you guys managing like the amount of emails or suggesting that you want your team sending? Uh, we did a small test this last week and increased like literally doubled the volume of sends unsubscribe rates did not drop and open rates stayed the same or improved, which I mean, the common logic is like, okay, they have nothing else to do. They're opening their emails anyways. Yep. So we're, we're hoping that if uh, on a general look for your brand, if you're able to come up with enough ideas, continue to push and continue to send. Are you guys seeing that too, Moody? Alex? Uh, I want to say we're being careful with it because we've definitely increased a little bit of uh, some of the frequency of our emails recently because all the sales are happening. So obviously you want to, you want to, you know, let the, let your, your audiences know about it. And we've definitely seen that once we start pushing it a little too hard, our unsubscribe rates go up. So I want to say we haven't been as fortunate as you have as far as that. So we're being careful about how, you know, how much we push email because obviously it's a free channel. It's a very uh, lucrative channel, but, uh, we're being careful with it because I think so many brands are blasting it right now. And, you know, the first five emails you got about COVID-19 were fun. And then once you got 40, you're like, all right, I'm not even going to open this anymore. Yeah. So that's one thing we're trying to be careful with it, that, and then how much we, how much we mentioned, you know, sales and, and things like that. Good. Stay, stay out of their inboxes. I'll keep it. I'll keep going there. <laughs> we, uh, we are, uh, we are pushing harder for sure. We're just obviously, I think it depends on the size of your list for the little clients. Obviously you can't do that, but if you have a big email list and you can segment enough, um, the one thing that we always do with Clavio is we always exclude people that have used coupon codes like the last two or three times. Cause we're like rotating sales. So we're always making sure to exclude all of those people, even if they bought on the last sale and we're not, you know, excluding purchases of say seven days, but the last sale was 14 days. And we know that our, what our average time to repurchase is we're still excluding, you know, those specific coupon codes. So that way we're not, you know, horribly wrecking our stats. Um, yeah, as long as you can keep segmenting, Nick, that's what we've been doing. And 
actually i think that's a lot of what's been carrying us on some of the the bigger brands is having such large email lists and being able to segment and hit them harder makes sense there was a question in here that was a pretty good one in terms of trying to leverage walmart here is come on walmart is not accepting returns and all sales are final how are you and your clients handling returns is that like canada wide alex because i don't think that's I mean, I have Canada in both um, the United States. Like, I really? read something a few days ago. Yeah, like the Walmart is not accepting any more returns um, here in the wow. U.S. as well. So, um, I think it's only on. Uh, I believe it was only on like certain products, um, like essential products. But uh, either way, like you know, I, the article was touching base on like how some guy bought like ten wow. things of toilet paper and you know was trying to flip it or whatever. So, um, like the huge, huge like commercial boxes but um in terms of like our clients uh you know it's still business as usual you know cost of doing business you know to offer returns um there's nothing that we're changing um or advising to change you know we definitely want to give consumers the confidence that their purchase you know of what they're purchasing online has the ability to get returned obviously we don't want to see that but we do want to still have that value proposition to them i hadn't heard about that I don't have too much visibility into it, but we did want to make a mention is some of our brands um, that sell products on Amazon and on their store, specifically seeing that they're getting a larger uh, uptick of purchases because they aren't deemed essential. So they're still having the people get those purchases on their, on their .com, which I think obviously plays a huge factor into it. Um, for brands that have .com and Amazon, we're still advising them like driving traffic to Amazon um, we're still advising them to continue to push sales there. Interesting. Uh, okay, there was a couple. If you guys have any questions, we're going to use like these last to just kind of dive in. Uh, any thoughts on email list building right now to use for later? Yeah, I mean, if your product makes sense to give a digital product or give an explainer or give a how-to, like that's the easiest way to go right now. Um, if it's... A, a limited edition drop that you want someone to sign up for. I think it's another great way to, to approach it as well. Okay. Yeah. We do a lot of like um, a lot of lead gen with Facebook pushing to an automated flow with like discounts. Uh, and that seems to work pretty well. So they opt in, they keep on code and then they go into a different segment and welcome series flow. And then they go through like a series of five to seven, depending on the product of emails over the course of X days for introduction to brand. Well, yeah, we, we usually get emails for 80 to, you know, dollar 30 usually. Awesome. We have another question coming in from Jeremy um, with cheaper CPMs. Um, this is a question for the whole panel here. Um, are we testing any new networks or channels? Maybe we are wanna... not. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think a few of us at, in, in a few of the clients at Mute6 are testing TikTok. I know they're starting to roll out some limited access to um, the TikTok channel uh, advertising platform, Jeremy. Um, there still 50K? It's 10K a month. 10K. Yeah, they just dropped uh, the bear of entry. It's been 10K for probably six months with our rep anyway, the one that we talked to. And it's the same for us on our end with Mute6. Um, I think it's 10K for the barrier of entry. But 
what I've been told, um, you know, they're seeing about two, two to $4 CPMs uh, on TikTok. So it's definitely, if you have a rep to get to, um, to advertise on there and obviously the ad budgets, um, you know, if, if that's definitely of interest for anybody out there, you know, with the lower CPMs, that's, uh, I know, like I said, it's limited access on, on being able to get access to the bot from there, Jeremy. Makes sense. I know Jeremy runs a lot of like Reddit and Twitter and like those weird channels. Um, never ran those before. So, um, anything else? Is anybody, do you guys know of anybody that was running the, that cloaking software that got, uh, sued? Lead cloak. Did you guys hear about that? What's happening? Lead did you have you, I have never even heard of it, but have you heard of Lead Cloak? No. Uh, Are they sponsoring this guest? No. <laughs> no. Facebook is suing them because uh, suing them for their clients list because they specialize in cloaking Facebook. They had put out a Facebook had put out a thing about it basically, but they're basically suing them for their customer list to basically ban all the ad accounts that use their software the platform. Wow. So we, I mean, we probably don't have to worry, but I know there's some people out there that we may know of that use it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we're all white hat, so we don't, we don't have to worry about any of that. No, I just find, I, I find it <laughs> extremely funny, I guess, but uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. I saw a headline that said, uh, you know, Walmart seeing an extraordinary, Walmart can sell tops, but they can't sell bottoms like, uh, cause everyone's on, on streaming. I mean, I don't know what you guys look like from the bottom up, bottom down. I know what you guys look like from the top up. You don't want to see bottom down right now. <laughs> well, that goes back to uh, what I was saying earlier, right? There's no excuse not to make content. I shot an ad last week for uh, a shirt company, and I literally pivoted my screen to show I was wearing my underwear. And I was saying how the shirt's comfortable, keeps me looking good during my Zoom conference. Before all you know, I'm wearing my underwear right here. And this is working really well on Facebook right now. So I think you just got to think of ways to be creative. Yep. I agree, man. Any other questions? I know you guys are all busy running. Yeah. Maybe this last question I posted in the group, um, the ad leaks group a few days ago um, for Marco. He asks, uh, how are you guys adjusting automated rules or um, automated rules in this specific period of time? What changes have you made to your basic rules if you are using um, bots to to manage campaigns. We haven't changed them at all. I mean, our you know our we're not gonna because we're yeah. getting traffic. We're not gonna we're not gonna lower our you know our KPIs you know and lose money. So ours have pretty much stayed flatline the same. We haven't changed anything really. Yeah, performance performance first. Our our, our automated rule strategies haven't changed either. Um, I mean it's. It's really the underlying foundation of your strategy that's changed to new consumer needs, but that doesn't mean you're going to change your mechanics on automated rules. So um, no changes. Unless you want to try and capitalize, like if you have, my opinion is if you have a brand that has cash flow that can sustain more of a long-term LTV model and you want to try and capitalize and go for customer acquisition right now, because obviously it, um, you're going to be able to reach further then that would be like for that brand specifically that came and said, Hey, I, you know, I want to try and get as many customers as possible and break even or even lose a few bucks on the front end, knowing that our LTV will back out after X time. 
and we'll profit X, then I would probably loosen up rules. Yeah. Yeah, this, and, and I think it's so important what, what you guys mentioned earlier about CPMs. I mean, usually we like to get into our client's head, you know, right around September when, when CPMs are cheap uh, in Q3 to really like, you know, fill up the buckets and yep. get as many new people as possible in the funnel and then convert them later in Q4, <clears throat> Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I think same thing is happening right now. You know, CPMs are down like 50% in some accounts. So you might as well just put your brands out there and, you know, bump up your spend at top of funnel and, and play the long term if you, if you can afford it from a you know, cash flow perspective and, and if uh, the LTV makes sense for your product, then I think you should do it. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Anybody have anything else? I could sit on here all day, but I know you guys are running Media Empire, so I don't want to bloody. Um, yeah, I think that's all the questions. Um, we just wanted to let everybody know, um, and we'll, we'll post a link down below, but uh, we have a complete data studio link, um, an external data studio link for anybody who wants to um, see where our trends are going um, with all the accounts that we run. It's a blended statistic of CPM prices, um, spend, uh, et cetera, and, and purchase data aggregated from different sectors. So it's just a resource that we want to give to, um, you know, to everybody out there to see, you know, of, of the accounts that we have running um, it's at a very high level. So we'll post that in the chat here after the, after the Zoom. Uh, it looks like Jeremy had a chat. Jeremy said, anyone doing podcast ads for the brands or audio in general? Yes, podcasts are amazing. Um, there's nothing like a good read from a trusted partner, uh, podcast person, um, right? Like it's the biggest advocate to a giant, fag, a giant fan group. So podcasts definitely work. Um, and again, it's like if your creative and messaging uh, strategy is, is pivoted to new consumer needs, I don't see why podcasts couldn't work even more now. Although they are saying podcast listens are down. Uh, and I imagine that's because a lot of people have shifted to more video, more visual uh, streaming devices uh, for their content. Um, so it's, you know, it's been a little bit, I think, tougher there. They're not seeing this sort of, would you expect more podcasts, uh, to be honest, more, more listens, but that's just not going in that direction um, because people are tuning into Netflix and connected TV and whatever more. Um, but podcasts are a big thing. Do it. Alrighty, man. Well, I appreciate all you guys. Thank you very much for joining. If you guys have any questions, feel free to drop them uh, down below and I will copy this over into the private paid groups for ad leaks members as well. So we can get cheers. Thanks guys. Bye, Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Yep. See you guys. Bye.